0: Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com. Welcoming in Chris Anderson. I am Mike Casaza. Spring football. Tomorrow afternoon, Chris. It has been quite some time since the crisis in the desert, as Neil Brown has called it. Pedestrian offensive performance sends the team into a, a eventful, I guess, portal-happy offseason season. Fresh slate, though. Canvas is blank. Sun's out. Flowers are blooming. This is the dawn of a new season, year four for Neil Brown. And I don't know if it's good or bad, but it begins with trying to identify a starting quarterback. That is obviously what we're going to be talking about for the next 15 practices. That concludes April 23rd with the gold-blue game at Mountaineer Field. Before then, we're going to evaluate, track, obsess over Garrett Green, Will Crowder, Nico Marchio. Because I can't think of any other way to start the spring or a discussion about the
1: spring than fixating upon quarterbacks. I can't think of a better way better way to start our spring practice uh, what first take style discussion than talking about a position that likely will not be decided during the spring. Is that correct? There's there's my first first take. Is that? Correct? Are you feeling the same way? You think are you think we're going to get an answer before the spring? Let's start there.
0: We're going to have a fork in the road when J T. Daniels visits. <laughs> absolutely. Because How awkward is that
1: going to be? He's going to be standing on the sideline watching these three other three quarterbacks go through spring practice in
0: a week. Yeah, um, and absolutely measuring himself against them. And let's be honest, so too will Green Crowder. And Markio, it's just gonna happen. There, there's no way that I don't. I don't know how big he is. I don't know how much he matters for the spring. It's a big shadow because that's a guy that that you're obviously interested in bringing in for one, maybe two years because you just don't know about the quarterbacks you have. They should be pretty grounded. Green, Crowder, Markio that they are, for all intents and purposes, nobodies right now. And I don't mean that in, in a way to to denigrate them, but just to say they haven't performed, they haven't proven anything yet. You you might argue the same is true of Daniels as well. But I think a big part for either one of those three guys, and maybe all three of those guys, it's just going to be how they perform. Relatively early in spring and relatively early in this process with that big shadow looming. If those guys can go out there and and stick in the pockets like they're supposed to, throw tight spirals, put an arc in the ball, let a receiver run through a deep pass, don't screw up and just perform. I think that's a good sign because there is some pressure involved with that guy visiting because that's a replacement part. And it's probably going to push one of them out, um, but it may also push one of them up. And sure. Having him on campus means this is a guy that we are already interested in having. Doesn't mean they're going to pull the trigger on it. Doesn't mean they're going to offer it. Doesn't mean Daniels is going to say yes either. Don't forget that. But you might learn something about the other three. I think it's very easy to be pessimistic about this and say, oh boy. And, and, and I'm doing the same thing here saying, oh boy, they don't like the three they have right now. And the person that they don't know about, they're more interested in. It might also be true that this could be good. They might see something competitive, they might see something distinguishing out of one of the three guys who are on campus. Who says I know that's JT Daniels I know I'm here I know I have an edge I know I'm going to use these practices to my advantage
1: and that's where I think this one's different for me because we've seen Neil Brown do this before uh, he, he is very he's very smart about the quarterback spot and bringing guys in because the the as we all know, quarterback's most important position on the field, and you have to do whatever it takes to get the right guy in there, no matter if you think maybe you have a guy that might be the guy a couple years. It doesn't matter. If the guy is not the guy right now, you need the guy. You need to go get the guy, and we've seen him do that before. As soon as he got on campus, went out of his way, fought with Oklahoma about getting Austin Kendall in um, uh, on campus and, and enrolled with the program, Got him in there, went through spring, and then immediately brought in Jared Dagie. And again, I don't, no one ever came right out and said, yeah, we looked at what we had and still said, that's not good enough, and went and got Dagie. Um, kind of reads that way. But this is, you're recruiting a guy before you really get a look at him this spring, too, before you get a really bad, a true battle between those three guys, before your new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach gets to make any kind of decisions, and maybe, Maybe that's the first decision from Harrell is I want as many guys as possible. I want as many options as possible. And this guy, I know, and I know he can play at this level. Maybe these other three guys can play at this level. Maybe these other three guys are better than him at this level, but I know this guy is at least capable. So I want him as an option. Um, the, the whole side by side thing, I think is, is what I find most intriguing about all this because as you noted, it, he's literally going to be standing on the sideline watching those other three guys throw in a week, and those three guys are going to know that's going to be like the first real pressure test for those guys of of having to perform or, I mean, West Virginia fans aren't going to hear this, I guess, but those three guys are going to try to do their best to scare off JT Daniels. They are not going to be recruiting him. You, You think of players, they often have recruits on campus, and, hey, buddy, you should come here. You should come here. This place is amazing. Come on. Come join us. That's not going to be the case. In this instance, I'm not going to say they're going to be jerks to him, but they're going to do their best to try to look amazing. So that Daniel stands on that sideline and goes, huh, maybe this isn't a sure thing that I'm a starter here. Fascinating. They're
0: going to be in the same room and, and this will lead to another part of this competition I want to get into now. You're going to have to have an alpha personality to be that position. And you're going to have to have an alpha personality to not only distinguish yourself from Daniels or to stand up, on the weekend he visits and say, no, 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 I got this. Watch me. You're going to have to distinguish yourself in that room. And from what we know, the personalities already with green crowder and Markio are are pretty dynamic. It sounds like too. It does seem like the three of them get along. I'm going to just take the coach's word on that. But I've also, I know that for example, Dagey and green got along and you could see them out and about last season together and they're supposedly competitors against each other, but they were able to coexist. Crowder has been a part of that with green already. Markio, I wonder about like a guy who comes in with all of that, that street cred and who other guys look at and say, I don't know you. You haven't done anything here yet. I've been here a year. I've been here two years. And how does that work? But I also kind of like that uh, friction. I don't know if that's the right word, but there's a competitiveness here that has to happen. And, and to hear Harold talk about this so far, and just, just, you know, the one time we sat and listened to him for, what was it, 25, 30 minutes, he was really big on, listen, there's no way around it. Yeah, they're young. Yeah, they have not, you know, stood in the huddle when they're down by ten and got to get two scores. They haven't led a team week after week after week for I don't know a three-game winning streak or three-game losing streak. They just don't have game reps. But it doesn't matter. You have to have an alpha. You have to have the head of your team, the head of your offense, be the quarterback. And I think that as much as arm strength, accuracy, footwork, reads, progression, mechanics, that verb, that swagger, that quality that makes everybody look at him and say I feel a lot better right now one that's what the situation needs based on the level of quarterback play the last two seasons and two that's what Harrell and by extension Neil Brown needs to say this is a pick here too so physically the tools all that stuff that will have to be on display but someone who has uh, an attitude a personality a demeanor that. I think elevates a little bit. Maybe there's physical shortcomings, but if there's a mental prowess. If there's a an attitude that is uplifting, I think that's going to carry a candidate pretty far and maybe
1: across the finish line. And it's going to get started. All right, I got to. Maybe I'll make this the hardest. This might be the hardest question I ask you right here in this on this short pod. But how much? I'm going to give you like a break it down 100% here. How much of this decision about the quarterback comes from Graham Harrell and how much comes from Neil Brown? Are we talking 50-50,
0: 70-30? It's a great question. You would like to think that – well, let me ask you this. Would you like to think it's closer to 50-50 or would you like to think it's closer to (laughs) 100-0?
1: That's not how this works. I ask you the questions. No, but seriously, I I think – 75, 25, like literally in the middle, because I think, one, you need to be giving, um, you know, autonomy to, to your position coaches. They are the ones that work with these guys all the time. These are the guys that, that make those decisions now, or, or work with them, see them every day, practice with them, run through film with them. These, that, the, that's, should be mostly a position coach's decision. So I've, I'm leaning heavily towards, um, uh, Harold making that choice, but, when it comes to quarterback, when it comes to – I mean, it, again, this is still – this is Neil Brown's job on the line. And and if I'm Neil Brown, I want at least a little fun say in here, a little something to say about it. So not to I, – I won't cheat out on your question and say 75-25. I will say 85-15 in favor of Harrell. I, I do think if you are going to be a head coach, you have to trust your assistant coaches. And in those instances, your assistant coaches – have the most knowledge, the most experience with these players, and you got to let him make that choice. Yeah, this feels like an episode of one of those HBO
0: or Showtime dramas where they're talking about seats on the board, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and maybe the Harold camp gets like three votes. You know what I mean? Like his may carry a little bit more sway, and honestly, it should. That's why he's here. That's why he's making the money. And the pedigree is one thing. The timing is another. Um, I wrote about this This morning, too, his pedigree is great. You know, high school star, son of a high school coach. He can see it, and he can relate to what the players see. Heisman Trophy finalist, backed up Aaron Rodgers, won a Super Bowl at Green Bay. He's got the pedigree. That's great. The timing is great, too, because he's worked at the young quarterbacks. He's had to succeed right away before, and that's very much what he's doing right now. All these things line up for you. Why not let him spin? You know, it's his thing. Let him do it. Now, you might also talk to your offensive line coach and say, hey, which one of these guys – Do your offensive linemen gravitate to, listen to, want to protect, want to help up off the ground, want to make sure he's upright? And if they say, you know what, they play better with this guy, don't they? That might carry some sway. You might say the same thing with the receivers, Cote, which one throws a better ball, which one do they feel like they're not going to get hung out over the middle? That may carry some sway, but I think that's all part of a mosaic that Graham Harrell is going to put together, and he's going to step back when all the pieces are on the board and say, this is what I like, this is what I see, and this is who I pick. Um I think it's going to be a bit of a, a by committee, but I think he's going to have more seats at the table.
1: Did you just say Tony Washington is going to have a seat at that table? Of course. New wide receivers coach, going to have some input on that. I, I do – I hadn't thought about it, but that makes sense. You, you you would want to know who they're playing with, the opinions of those that they play with, and and the receivers are obviously going to be a big part of that when it comes to the quarterback. So knowing who throws the better ball, who they feel more comfortable catching it with, and getting their opinion on that is a small part of it, but it it should be a part of it. You're right.
0: And let's be frank.
1: Receivers were
0: not shy about how they felt about the quarterback position last year. Um, Split why, room. Split yeah, room. That's why some left. That's why some had their playing time come and go last year. So maybe they listened to it this time. Maybe that's a lesson learned, and maybe we see some progress, and maybe people who are happier and fall into more satisfied rolls and the performance rises as a result. Chris. Yes. Handicap the favorites.
1: Oh, uh, that's, I was going to do this to you. I was mm-hmm. supposed to do this to you. We'll uh, go around man. then. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, I, cause I was going to ask you, when would you feel comfortable making a prediction on this? I wasn't going to make you make one yet. I was say, at, at what point during spring practice or after would you feel comfortable making a decision? Um, I put out my depth chart projections the other day. I, I I put Green in front in the front just because he has the most experience and, and admitted, but admitted it, it was simply a placeholder. Uh, I, I don't think. I don't even think they're leaning a direction right now. Uh, I don't even think that's that. You know, I think what was done in the past and what little experience that Green has will play very little into the decision. That Graham Harrell and Neil Brown and whoever else on the staff makes later in the process. So I would give the slightest of edges to to Green, but I, I just don't. It's just because it's the only one we really know anything anything about. We don't know much. It's the only thing we know, only one we know anything about right now.
0: Yeah, I would almost go with a, like a dead heat. I don't think they're going to name one, even if they have one at the end of spring. And then unless they get Daniels, and if Daniels comes. Guess what? That's your starter. But I do think you're going to see a benefit for Green. I've said this before. I think he's going to remind Harrell a bit of Mason Fine, but I also think that Marquio has something that is going to make him legitimate right away, and I I don't know what you wouldn't like about Crowder based on what I've heard before. So I'd be very surprised, impressed, but very surprised that there was a leader on April 23rd.
1: And there were some people in that receiver room as well, speaking of split receiver room, because what, what we meant by that, for those listening, um, there were some receivers who felt that uh, Deggie was the better quarterback option. Some receivers who felt that Green was the better quarterback option. There were a couple of receivers who felt like Crowder threw the best ball, who felt like he was a legitimate option as a quarterback for this West Virginia football team. So I, I know everybody's uh, green. You, you've seen him. People get excited about his running. Everybody gets excited about the, the flashy new toy in Nico. Don't discount Crowder. He's right in there. I think I'm most intrigued to see him. I'm also most intrigued to see
0: how this goes, how the quarterback is handled by the head coach and also the offensive coordinator, and then how the teammates respond. Chris, only one way to find out. We'll get underway tomorrow. Practice in the morning. Neil Brown talks afterwards. I don't believe he's going to name a starter Tuesday afternoon. Only time will tell. Until next time, I'm Mike Casaslin. And I'm Chris Anderson. talk to you later.